UX Podcast Episode 91. This is UX Podcast. I'm Pat Axboom. And I'm James Roy Lawson. <laughs> <laughs> and we're balancing business technology and users every other Friday from Stockholm, Sweden. And as usual, we're a couple of giggling old <laughs> girls. Yeah, in that text I'm supposed to read, it says, I'm James. And I almost did read yeah. that. I, I, yeah, Whatever. I, I, didn't twitch, I didn't prepare the text properly, mm. so it, it had the wrong names, the wrong places. Which was really hard for me to get my head around. It's like, one that it's like when you see those, you know, someone writes um, um, the word um, kind of red in blue pen. <laughs> that actually mind boggled me, you just saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, what's he saying? He's like, Oh, that's what he's saying. What made me think of that is that um, in my daughter's class, um, they're they're learning they're learning English. Mm. Of course, it's a Swedish class. And yeah. You know, well, my daughter doesn't need to learn English in the same way as some of the others, of course. Blah blah blah. Bilingual. Yeah. But but they've got um, they've got all the colours mm. um, written on the wall, mm. and they're on coloured bits of paper, and it freaks me out every day when I go in the classroom because because the 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 background paper doesn't match the 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 word. That it's written there, mm. so they have like red, blue, white, mm. green, and so on, and it's all mixes of colours and stuff. Mm. And I can't read it. I, I get really, my brain gets really stressed mm. about what it's processing, what it's doing. Interesting. That would probably be a cool advertising trick. Is what I'm thinking, because it forces you to pay attention. Because what am I really seeing here? Because something's wrong, and then you actually mm. use more of your uh, awake brain. Mm to process that information. It is actually a non-psychological mm. test, this, with, with colours being in the wrong colour. I don't know the name of it. Really? Someone can tell us. Yeah, someone Someone will tweet us. Yeah. Today, mm. we have yet another interview for you. And a topic. It's a topic interview. It is. Hmm. We're going to be um, we're going to be delving in or diving into um, the world of marketing automation. Now, this is not something I'm, a, I'm an expert on. Um, it's it's what something I've I've noticed is popping up in conversations or in in um, potential projects and you know in circles and stuff. I'm, I'm hearing more and more people talk about marketing automation. So I have an idea about mm. it, is, uh, but I suspect my idea is is reasonably basic in many ways. Um, yeah, same here. I'm hearing it all over the place, and I I don't really know what it is, what it means, what what people mean by it, and I'm thinking. Perhaps it's one of those terms that's describing something that I know what it is, but it's just a new term for whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's um. Uh, so I want to mm. le- learn a little bit about what it is. Mm. I want to le- learn a little bit about how this affects mm. my work as a as a well uh, as a UXer or mm. as a as, as someone involved in websites mm. or, or digital products. What does it mean to me? Yeah. And we'll be interviewing Amy Javasson. Your French is lovely. It is, isn't it? Emmy means beloved, so it's it's a beautiful name. Yeah, and uh, she's the marketing director at Spec Ops, and you know more about that. You've met her before. Well, I've uh, we've mm. um, I've known her for quite a few years. Mm. We've um, she used to work at mm. one of the companies I work with. Right. Um, so we've known each other for a few years, and uh, she's based. She's American. Mm. She's based here in um, mm. in in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, and as you said, she's marketing manager of um, um, of a compa- company mm. selling software, security mm. software, and. Um, has this year has embarked on a project to implement marketing automation. Ah, hence this interview. Hence the interview. Mm. Should we bring her? Or should we start the interview? 
<laughs> we should I was going to say, should we ring her up? Uh, we don't, yeah, because well, we're, we're actually going into her office. Yeah. We should probably knock. Yeah, we should knock. <laughs> yeah. We should take the lift up to the sixth floor. Yeah. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Emile Rabasson. Thank you. Well done, Paj. Ah. That's better than I've ever said it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, tell us a bit about yourself and where you work. Yeah. Um, I work at a software company, uh, SpecUp Software, and I'm the director of marketing here. And uh, we're a small Swedish privately owned uh, software company. We have our development here in the office in Stockholm, which is quite unusual nowadays. But we also yeah. have offices in uh, the UK, Canada, and the US. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah, everyone else has outsourced mm. development to Absolutely. Eastern mm. European countries these days, yeah. or yeah. India. Mm. So we pick uh, the best of the best mm. from the Royal Technical Institute mm. every year. Mm. And James dragged you onto the show because we want to talk <laughs> about marketing automation. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well that's what I did. I did yeah, drag around to the show. That's actually what you did. <laughs> yeah, because we, we had lunch mm. um, a year ago, mm -hmm. I think it was. And um, and you said that you're going to embark on a journey now to implement marketing automation. And I confess that I don't actually know a huge amount about it. I've not been involved in so many projects or companies that have, have taken the plunge with that. Um, I've heard the buzzwords and I've dealt with CRMs a few mm. times here and there, but not the whole marketing automation thing. Mm. So I thought it would be really interesting to, to ask you to come and join us on the show once you've been through it. So you can you can say good system, bad system, and, and share some of your experiences. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's some uh, sort of uh, ground rules to establish mm. uh, off the bat here. Uh, when I joined the company, we had uh, a fantastic CRM. We use Salesforce for everything. It's like the hub of our entire company. Mm. And it's working really well. Mm. And that's where we store all the data about our customers and, and behavior and things. And we also have uh, a number of activities on the website where people could download trials and do things like that and, and get free software, which meant that people were already familiar with leaving their information and getting something from that, from our company. Uh, so the um, moving into marketing automation from what we had been doing wasn't such an enormous step uh, from an end user perspective. We had uh, some automated emails that were going out through Salesforce previously, which were really clunky and um, impossible to track, mm. and we could never really create a, a, a consistent experience. So we started looking at this as a way to um, primarily do two things. The first was uh, to automate the process of qualifying leads. Yeah, so regardless of where someone was in the, the purchasing process, uh, we could say, okay, you've watched this webinar of ours, and therefore you know you're interested in this particular subject. It could be password security, for example. Then we want to uh, nurture you during a process and track your behavior uh, to see when we should pass you over to sales. So that was the first goal with, uh, with introducing it. The second was uh, to really find a way to uh, automate the sharing of our content. We produce a lot of our own content around the subjects that we're experts in. Mm -hmm. And uh, sending off one-off emails was not a successful way of uh, engaging individual people with the specific topics they're interested in. So if we, if we back up, yep. marking automation then primarily is about... Some common tasks that you perform every day, you want to automate them uh, so that you can do as many of them as possible uh, programmatically, uh, robotically, or I if I 
collect a lot of links uh, like I do uh, in the beginning of the week and send them out to Buffer, is that marketing automation as well? Then it spreads out all my tweets and Facebook links and everything over the week. I'm going to say would, yes. Would that be marketing automation? I'm going for yes. Yeah. Not in the in the way the <laughs> systems are designed. <laughs> it's automa well, it's, well, it's automating it for you. It is, isn't it? Yeah. So your world yeah. is. Yeah. Because that's what I'm trying to get to grips with is what what do we mean when we say marketing automation? What's mm. oh, do you have to be a big company to actually have a benefit from marketing automation, or can I, as a freelancer, do it as well? What are the costs involved, and what am I what am I aiming for? What am I actually why am I actually doing it? Because you touched upon some things. You were saying that you had so many different channels and you really, really wanted to tie, tie them together to actually follow up on them in a simple way. For us, it, mm. the, it's really been about nurturing leads. Somebody performs some kind of activity, we mm. collect their email address in this case, yeah. we put a cookie on them, and we start tracking their behavior. Mm -hmm. So every time they come to a website, we give them a particular score, depending on which page they visit. And every time they open an email, they get a score. If they perform like a bigger activity, like download a trial or request a quote, the score bumps up mm. very, very quickly. Mm. Um, so what we can see when you look at an individual, and you, we go in through our CRM, mm. uh, where this is all um, integrated, you can see, okay, this person has 154 points, and they've done these 15 things in order to get to that point. And that means that the salesperson can also say, okay, uh, I see based on their behavior that this is the particular product that they're most interested in. Um, and now they're looking at the documentation, which mm -hmm. means they're actually at a point where they want to evaluate it. Mm -hmm. Whereas before they were maybe looking at more of the uh, case studies or something that is uh, more of a starting discussion point. When, when, you, when you listen to this and you think, this is actually, it's actually closer to experience design uh, well, spontaneous to us, thinking. To us, everything no, is experience. No, design, well, exactly, so. <laughs> but but <laughs> but when you think about you've got this, you're painting a, a, a flow or sales funnel here um, with various touch points where the, the the potential customer or customer is is consuming content, and you're kind of keeping track of that, and you're giving them points for it, and you you're kind of guessing what the next step in their experience with your company is going to be, or or watching what it is, so you can kind of mold their experience mm. and so that the salespeople know when to jump in and perhaps make the call yeah. or whatever you're doing yeah i would say we're we're more giving them options than yeah. you know shaping the experience for them uh, you know we have a sales process that could be up to 9 months sometimes you know even longer than that mm -hmm. um but when they're ready to make that purchase we want to make sure that we're still top of mind Mm. Yeah, so you know, using these kind of drip campaigns is a way to ensure that we, you know we can continue to feed them with relevant information uh, that can help them in that process, that evaluation process. Mm. Yeah, then it's their choice what they interact with. You know, that's nothing that we can control. No, no you're right. Wait, wait, I'm just thinking that if, we, if we're if we're kind of giving points to to someone based on previous interactions, and then yeah, you're offering them choices based on that score, then if you get that wrong, if you kind of guess wrong, then it's not going to match their expectations from kind of a, a, a customer point of view, a user point of view. Like you go to a certain place with a certain expectation and there's something else is served to you. Right. So you're, there's, a, there's, there's a potential mismatch there because we're, we're guessing the next step. Depends on what you're guessing. If you're feeding yeah. this data into the sales team, yeah. 
then they know a lot more about the customer based on this. Yeah, true. But if you're serving automated ads based on this data, mm. then the ads could go wrong and you have to feed more data into it to actually make the right calls on yeah. what like ads you've like, the, like with remarketing, like you've kind of already uh. bought that pair of shoes, but then you keep seeing the remarketing ads exactly, for like yeah. two weeks afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> right now it's ginger snaps. Mm. Every th uh, ginger, ginger snaps, snaps. everywhere. Yeah, I'm yeah. so tired of those ginger snaps. I'm just seeing, I'm seeing <laughs> remarketing ads for basically every single Christmas present I bought mm. for anyone mm. in my family. I'm just seeing them. I can't surf anymore when I'm at home. Yeah. Because if I the kids there, would see it. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. sitting there surfing, <laughs> and suddenly, you know, in the right-hand column are everywhere. These all the presents I've bought for Christmas are just turning up. It's like, you know, I can only surf now after bedtime. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but that's but that's actually, I presume that's an example of 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 poorly applied marketing automation. I don't think remarketing and marketing automation should be put in the same category. Oh, you not? Is no. It, okay. Spontaneously, it feels like it is kind of. Yeah. Okay, but I don't I don't deal with consumer goods, so no, it's a bit no. different for me. And I can't right now. I don't see a use case for remarketing mm. in the business mm. that you know what and we're selling. Side. No, you're right. Because um, someone that when I when I did a little bit of research about marketing automation, I mean, you get a lot of the instant stuff is to do with just emails. It's all to do with emails. It's like you know you send a you you're harvesting email addresses and then you're sending out an e uh, an email so many days after something else. They visit that page and then you trigger that email um whereas it, it it actually feels a lot more of the the real benefits come when it becomes much more sophisticated mm -hmm. and and also still not so not replacing the the human aspect of um the marketing procedure completely but just um enabling better decisions like you said about qualifying leads automating that completely making that purely mechanical doesn't maybe feel completely right because it is a bit down to chance whereas you can still go in but there but I think see. the big difference I mean we started this project we had a database with over 100,000 individuals yeah um, that you'd gathered up, uh, you know, well the stuff that you'd gathered over yourself. 10 years right mm. yeah so a lot of it was dirty old mm, data mm, mm. Um, and we actually did a campaign in March for the death of XP because one of our solutions is about yeah. upgrading your operating system. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's a, a pretty easy message to ride on. If yeah. you haven't gotten rid of XP yet, you need to do it soon. Mm. <laughs> uh, and we also used it as a way to basically clean up the database and mm. see, okay, who's out there? Uh, where are we bouncing? You mm. know, what kind of response are we getting? Uh, but it was extremely easy to see, uh, you know, who are the individuals who are still on XP. Uh, either in their network or the ones who actually open the emails because we get that type of information as yeah, well through marketing course. automation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, which meant mm. that you know we could then target the campaign even further. Mm. So this is really big data and segmentation and marketing automation. Because that was one of my, like, what I was asking before about can a, like a freelancer benefit from marketing automation. What you're describing is something that's based on, uh, well, <laughs> a big numbers. Yep. Like really, really big numbers which is interesting in itself. But how do you know, in, in that case, how do you know how much work to put into it? Because th the way you were describing it, putting points on people, it really sounds really quite complex. So how often do you actually re evaluate. <laughs> evaluate and uh, perhaps also feed new data into that system? Uh, how do you make it learn what the best solution is for you? Or do you, have you got just gone with the like, default data in some, some way? Adjust your algorithms. Mm. Yeah, the lead scoring, mm -hmm. the point system, is uh, definitely something that's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. uh, so we set it when we started in February, and then um, 
we evaluated in the summer after six months and said, you know, uh, basically talk to sales. You know, do you feel like these leads are qualified once we send them to you? Mm. Um, and got some mixed results on that and have since, you know, adjusted the score somewhat. You, mm. you can score on activity like I talked about. But you can also yeah. score on demographics. Yeah, so depending on uh, geographic ge geography, but also um, what industry somebody belongs in, we have mm -hmm. particular industries that we target, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, was that bumping up the score too much because somebody became came from a particular vertical? Mm -hmm. uh, and we're reevaluating it now again. So I think, like on a six month cycle, mm -hmm. it seems to be pretty okay. reasonable. Yeah, um, we can also you find people whose behavior shows that they're. They're like the surfers. Mm. They just want to surf everything, mm. Mm. Uh, but they're not at all interested in purchasing something. Mm. So, you know, we have to be careful about scoring the activity on the website mm. so it doesn't uh, push those people into the qualified leads queue. Do you sometimes find that there's like some kind of data that you don't have about these people that you would like to have? And you realize that if we had that data, we could do all this sort of stuff over here? You always want more data, don't you? Yeah, of you? course you do. <laughs> and do you have any like tec techniques for uh, getting that data within the system? That are legal. <laughs> <laughs> that are legal, yes. <laughs> well, you know, the, the <laughs> trick is to <laughs> not ask for too much data. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so there is, in, within marketing automation, there's something mm -hmm. called progressive profiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yep. you've probably come across it uh, on websites yourself, but the first time they'll ask for email address only. And the yeah. second time you come back, they'll ask for your title, your mm -hmm. company, and other mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't been using it so far. Uh, we found that you know we deliver enough value that we can ask that stuff up front. Mm -hmm. And we haven't seen uh, any decreases in the number of people who have been willing to fill out our forms. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Mm. Have you, have you mm -hmm. A-B tested any of that to see where mm -hmm. there is a difference? Uh, we haven't A-B tested that. We have A-B tested um, basically all of the emails that we've sent. Yeah. Yeah, subject lines and uh, call to actions and various different things. Mm. Oh, like so what are the best subject lines? <laughs> <laughs> Give us some pointers here. People want to know. They always do want to know. Everyone always want to know the results yeah. of A-B yeah. testing. No, but there's, there's amazing yeah. things you can do with hooks mm. in mm. Uh, subject lines, mm. absolutely. Mm. But it comes down to, you know, is it relevant or not for the person who receives it? Of course. Yeah. I really, I, re I, really the fact that I really like the fact that, it, that, that we, s we seem to... We there's a lot of good things being done here. Mm -hmm. It was incorrect things. Also with the forms and stuff, know something we've talked about many times is, is reducing the number of fields in the form. Yeah. No, okay, we're not doing that quite yet here, but um, there's, a, there's a lot of good UX happening potentially when you do it right with automatic, uh, automated marketing. Um, marketing automation. God, I said a lot of words the wrong way around then. Um, you didn't actually do any major change to your website during this time, did you? Or did you redesign anything or did you just kind of add this in? Yeah, no, we added it in yeah. uh, into the existing content uh, management system, mm. uh, but we're in the process of switching that now. Yeah, right. So, you know, what has been clunky in this process is that um, we couldn't embed the forms mm. in, in the system that we had previously, mm. uh, okay. and we will mm. be able to. Uh, in the new launch, so the website will be launched in February. Because this w that was actually kind of my hidden question. There was mm -hmm. when when you've gone about if you've gone about redesigning the website, how how has the design process been there? Because because I'm thinking straight away from you know from a UX perspective or you know a, a design perspective of the website, then you've really got to know quite a bit about 
um, the marketing automation um, procedure behind because that is going to dictate a lot of, of, of how you need to approach mm. things like the forms or things like um, other aspects. Yeah. And there's there's got to be, a, I'd expect, a clear dialogue or some kind of cooperation and dialogue there between a number of parties to make Absolutely. it work. Absolutely. It's one of the, the biggest integrations that we mm. have on the website project. Mm. That and the CRM. Yeah. How did you go about choosing someone to work with? Ooh. Given that that's such a critical, because I mean, in this project, I imagine the integ well, it is such a critical success factor is the integration. So, yeah. there were a lot of criteria for choosing a website vendor, mm. um, but um, the ones that we went with had done uh, integrations with the marketing automation tool that we use. Mm. Yeah, so that from was a programming point of view or from a design point of view, both, both. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's interesting. So actually, now the marketing automation tool is actually controlling. What suppliers you choose for yeah. the website? Yeah, uh, this this was my hunch yeah. <laughs> beforehand because um, I I actually got called into a um, a sales pitch a few weeks ago about marketing okay. automation and, and I didn't know much at all about it and it was really clear from that meeting that I I shouldn't have been there at it, it I wasn't <laughs> the right resource to mm. send to that meeting because mm. um, they really wanted someone who'd done this before mm -hmm. um, not convinced mm. that this organisation was really in quite mm. the same ballpark as you guys of knowing mm. what they're doing with it. I think it was one of those situations where the buzzwords, uh, they'd got buy-in to implement marketing automation mm. and that was, a, or sales had said mm. it, or marketing, somebody had said it and they were doing it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I couldn't I couldn't answer some of the nitty-gritty questions about it because I'd not done it before. Mm. But um, I have a, an industry colleague who I meet occasionally uh, and she told me a, a story about their marketing automation mm. that they had brought in. And they, it actually came before their CRM. And when the investment was made for the CRM, they didn't consider the fact that oh. they needed to integrate. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way the way ours is set up yeah. is that um, the salespeople yeah. use Salesforce for mm. everything. Mm. Uh, and there's a little tab that mm. is the marketing automation tab. So they go in there and they see who are their hot, hot prospects mm. and what activities they've been doing. Mm. They don't have to log in anywhere else. They, mm. It's not like an extra step for them. Yeah, mm. uh, which I think is absolutely crucial. You know, it's it's not just a tool for marketers. Mm. It's a it has enormous value for the salespeople as well. Yeah, it's a very good point. Well, yeah, because you yeah you you're handing off onto them once you've got the qualified leads. Yeah, and all the data is useful for they them. Move to sales. Mm. Yeah, they take over effectively to mm -hmm. to close it. So that's a great tip. But what other things do you have to think about before getting into marketing automation? If people are thinking about it now. Do you need that 15,000 people document to start with? I think you need to know your visitors, your target audience, and understand the behavior in the industry. You know, is it considered acceptable to provide your information for something? Mm -hmm. And what are you going to give them in return mm -hmm. for that? I think that's the absolute first step. Yeah. Um, and if the answer is no, then don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then I think you also have to look at, okay, you know, how are we going to fill this with relevant content? Do we have something to say about these things? I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. If somebody goes to my website and downloads a trial of one of our password solutions, that we can build a story around password security for them. Um, but do we have other ways of drawing people in? Uh, and do we have other ways of increasing uh, the database of names? Mm. So the content part is is also extremely important. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to have to teach everybody in the organization 
how it works and mm-hmm. why you're using it. Uh, so it can't be overly complicated mm-hmm. uh, from their point mm-hmm. of view. I guess another risk there is if it is too complicated, then I guess you get an increased risk of, of, of content not really being consistent mm-hmm. or kind of weird message, you know, weird things looking disjointed from a, potential from a sales lead point of view. If the f- if it's too complicated and people are kind of pushing out emails or or videos to the wrong groups or something, it yeah, I mean we w- the marketing department controls mailings, yeah, uh, and we also control a lot of the content production with the help of you know product specialists mm. and people, um, but you know the salespeople need to know okay now the lead has been passed to me it's determined qualified by mm. the marketing department. And this is where I can go in and gather the data about mm-hmm. that individual person. Um, and that experience can't be, uh, you know, too many clicks for them uh, to figure that out. Right. So the tool itself, it's really important. Yeah. And that's excellent to think about because a lot of the attraction in this, I think, is people want to increase sales exponentially. And they think they can buy a tool that will do it all, but they don't think about the resources you have to put in to actually do the research beforehand, mm-hmm. but also the competence you have to actually work with the tool itself or, or it's not a it's not a substitute mm. for hard work absolutely not and i can mm. i can say because this is i think it's important to say this is that you know i realized there was a need for this mm-hmm. but i wasn't the expert so mm. i hired someone who had enormous amounts of experience who came in and started off by doing a vendor evaluation and looking at 10 different solutions okay. mm. and then making a recommendation mm. uh, and she works you know 95 percent of her time mm. with this tool mm. Did she look at your? Did she look at your processes and how you worked as part yep. of her research to then come with a right absolutely? Suggestion? And she yeah. talked to sales about you know how they wanted it to work yeah. and the, the mm-hmm. uh, and all the integrations that we needed to have in place mm-hmm. and everything. What job title did she give us? Yeah, uh, <laughs> marketing automation specialist. Because I mean, you could give. Wow. Well, just thinking that, <laughs> yeah. just reflecting on what what you described then, you could have said. A whole load of different like UX titles yeah, around or that, a business or developer, business development, yeah. or yeah, um, it's interesting how the the same role gets repackaged mm. to do some very similar sounding mm. tasks depending mm. on which um, which vertical or se- sector you're 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 working with. Because I guess you've been sat in um, a number of like meetings, workshops, or various bits of the process to to do the design work now for the new website. Mm-hmm. What have you seen as as um, um, key skills for any UX resources you've used in this um, project? The design resources that you've you've used on that side? We haven't come that far yet. Oh, okay. So I'm, yeah, I'm jumping so the gun with my question. Exactly. The big part of design when it comes to the new website mm. is it will be responsive, which mm. our current website is not. Mm. Um, so that's going to obviously change a lot of things on it. Mm. Yeah, but we have... Uh, we started with a content modeling workshop, and we've been uh, looking at the site map and other various things, but mm. we haven't gotten to that part yet. Oh, so we're going to have to ask it back again later to find out how we went <laughs> with uh, this, this next bit of the, um, the process. Because I think, because I'm, I'm straight away curious to know, you, you've, got a, you've got what you consider now to be a, a working um, process in place with marketing automation, mm-hmm. and you're, you've also got... A, um, Sounds like now a, um, a process in place for, for tweaking your algorithm to, to qualify the leads. So there's a lot of things that you're pleased with and proud about how the work's gone this next year. Now you're going to do the thing of like reworking the website, kind of digital face out there towards all the customers. And there's yeah. where new risks come in of missing connections and integrations here and there. And 
design tweaks that maybe don't work quite the same way. Um, so I'm curious to know how it all goes. Mm -hmm. Is there any way to summarize your experience in in the sense that it your sales increased exponentially in a sense that it would not have if you had not had the system or any ways that you work differently now than you would have otherwise? Was it like, was it self-evident that you had to go into marketing automation? Yeah, I think it was self-evident mm -hmm. because um, we were sending a lot of emails from Salesforce um, that were not professional looking mm -hmm. and uh, we couldn't track anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was pretty much useless to be sending them. <laughs> um, and we couldn't obviously track mm -hmm. behavior on the website and things as well right. of individuals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that step wasn't, wasn't such a big hurdle for anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we have seen an increase in sales. I don't know mm. that we can attribute it only to this. Mm. I, I wouldn't yeah. go that far to say that. Mm. Um, but we do have a long sales cycle. So I think what we have seen is that um, the salespeople can better adjust their messaging mm -hmm. when they speak to people because they have so much more information about them and mm. what they're interested in. Mm. Um, we've also found ways to nurture people who uh, we would otherwise v very rarely reach out to. Yeah, so you know, the if like I said, they come in after watching a webinar or something, we get their mm -hmm. email address. Then we can, uh, on a semi-regular basis, reach out to them with relevant information because maybe it will take two years before mm -hmm. they've changed position and they're ready to to talk about a solution. But uh, the data has been absolutely fascinating, mm -hmm. and I mean, in my position, mm -hmm. I report up and I report down, and reporting up with great data is uh, not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, uh, you know, being able to show the success of particular mm. messages it has definitely changed mm. our messaging platform. Yeah. Communicating with facts, you know, mm. being able to show things rather than just guess things. It's a yes. powerful tool. So it does a lot for job satisfaction, I guess, and enjoying your work <laughs> when you actually know what, y what you're doing is and what's happening with what you're doing. Yeah. And mm. I mean, you can, it's in real time. So, I mean, on any given moment, I can look and see mm. who's visiting our website mm. and what they're doing. That sort of can be addictive. I know that. Yeah, you have oh, real-time systems. When I publish a post, a blog post, I always go in and so how many are online right now? Mm. So it, I mean, do you find yourself sitting and watching the screen? <laughs> people going Don't online? Don't have time for that. Oh. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I have to use the information a little carefully because I found that, you know, if you, if you notice a, mm. a particular lead is on the website mm. and you mentioned it to someone, mm. you know, they... They are eager mm. to pick up the phone. Oh right! Oh, yeah. oh, oh right! So you actually that's interesting. No. Yes. Okay. So mm. you mm. so you actually <laughs> so some of them you mm. actually some you recognize some of the the leads during the or yes they mm. come up again and you say oh mm. that's that's kind of Mr B who mm. oh, he, mm. he's been looking at loads of those videos and I recognize him mm. from that yes so they they so it's almost like you've got they're like personas. You're kind of you're like using the data to create all these little personas of all these potential right, but you customers. actually know who, who the person is, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if, if it's, have, yeah, if it's just an IP address, you know, yeah, well, you, know you what, get yeah. the company. Yeah. yeah. And, but you can also get the individual if exactly. they haven't cleared their cache and everything. Yeah. yeah. Or, or switch device. Yeah. Mm. If mm. they've downloaded something mm. and given the data, yeah. Yeah. So they're sometimes they're personas, sometimes they're actual real data. Mm. Yeah. Well, and you... You do actually did this back yeah. in 2001 when we sent invitations to a Christmas party. Yeah. That's probably why I'm remembering it. And when they, <laughs> when they registered, we put a cookie on their computers. So every time they visited our website after that, we knew exactly who that person was. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to admit this now. It's yeah. kind of scary. Mm. <laughs> Such an but it's so much fun. <laughs>
But then I recognize that. I mean, you really want to call that person. Oh my God, I see you're looking at this product right now. Uh, how, how can I help you? Yeah. But now what people are doing, of course, is popping up a, a chat window. Can I help you? Well, you and the website, so you're inviting yeah. them. If you want to talk, then they can actually take the initiative to talk if they enter information in the chat mm. window. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's one of the one of the tools you see. But sometimes I wonder: is it mm. is it a real person that you're going to talk to, or is you that automated know. as well? You never know. Maybe yeah. the first five questions are automated. Yeah, to qualify <laughs> you yeah. as a as a chat person to push you onto the right person. Yeah. yeah. God, now I'm going to be so <laughs> cynical about so many <laughs> of these things now. <laughs> yep. Would you? Would you um, so so the next job you take mm. on, should you take on another job, mm. um, would you would you look for a company that has mo- marketing automation in place or doesn't have it in place? As in, do you, is that is it, would you see companies that have not taken this step as not getting it and avoiding them inferior companies, or would you would you like the opportunity to try and kind of? I think it's it. it's like one of the tools in the modern marketer's toolbox. Mm. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, depending on the industry and depending on the product and everything mm-hmm. else, I think uh, people are moving in that direction. Yeah. yeah, so I'd be wary if I moved to another software company that hadn't taken this step yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm definitely hearing it more and more. Um, yeah, me too. Mm. So mm. Uh, part of this was, mm. you know, when I went mm. out looking for an mm. expert, I didn't look here in the local market. Mm. Ah, interesting as well, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. North America has come much farther mm-hmm. when it comes to marketing automation. Mm-hmm. And there's also a, a completely different understanding mm-hmm. for email communication in general yeah. and acceptance mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. 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 So I hired my marketing automation mm-hmm. expert in, in Canada, actually. Mm-hmm. Which is quite sensible. I mean, the U.S. and, well, U.K. and some other countries mm-hmm. are, are ahead of us in many different aspects when it comes mm-hmm. to um, what, well, digital marketing, I'm going to call it. I'm not exactly sure if that's the right phrase but modern marketing techniques is possibly better to yeah. say and sweden isn't always as as ahead as it as we'd hope it would be we just we're just great at design <laughs> we're great Ni- an awful lot of things nice looking design that's okay there's a, there's a lot of good stuff that comes out of this little mm. country <laughs> but um, not always leading the pack when mm. it comes to general mm. adopted adoption of, of things no and i mean we we have more than half of our customers in North America, mm. outside oh of yeah. Europe. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. for us, it's like, mm. let's look at the behavior so of the mm. customers and not necessarily mm. what a Swedish person would expect. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I think that was um, some excellent tips <laughs> for our listeners, actually. Uh, I'm still not clear about how I, as a freelancer, can make use of mod- marketing automation. I have to look more into that as well. But that wasn't really you, the focus. But do you thing. have a database of followers, fans? I wish I did. Well, my, my mailing list is like 200 people. That's all right. Isn't you it? start there. Well, yeah, you start, start with what you've got. Mm. Uh, but you, uh, we haven't talked about this so much. But like the whole return on investment mm. thing. Mm. Um, you know, we've um, we've this um, company here. I mean, mm. the, the return on investment is is pretty clear mm. given the work they're already doing. Whereas with you, maybe mm. you have to start with a little bit more work on on the on the numbers there. Isn't mm. it? How much how much effort is it worth putting into this to get what out of it? Exactly. Instead of just doing it for the sake of it, because you've heard and the buzzword, if, and which if you're is already one of the fully mistakes. booked, if you're already fully booked. <laughs> and you can't sell anymore, <laughs> then probably you need to clone yourself. Then you've yeah, exactly. exactly. Then you've got <laughs> other things you need to look at doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So don't just do it because you've mm. heard the buzzword. So don't go out there and start mm. doing marketing, marketing automation pad. You just want to because everybody's doing it as usual. <laughs> Use the needs. You know what? What? Why? Why do you need to do this? What are you trying to achieve? Oh, 
got to be boring picky now. Picky, James. Yeah, picky and boring. <laughs> God, you sound like a married couple or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first guest that said that, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. We're, we'll end with that note, I think. We will. Thanks so much. Thanks man. very much for joining us. Thank you Thank for you. having me. So, are we any wiser? Yes. James? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're always wiser. We're always wiser yeah. at the end of a show. Yeah, of course. Hope, we, hope, hope everyone mm. is by the end of the shows. Mm. Um, now, I, I think, I think some of our uh, thoughts in the beginning are right. Th- this is actually just a, it's another label for something we're actually probably already familiar with, mm. um, and um, I can I can see how within marketing circles mm. that marketing automation is sold as marketing automation, mm. um, but this is actually just experience. This is this is kind of experience design, or it's well, it's, it's also bringing in a tool that integrates all the different systems yeah, that you have, yeah. bring that data into something, uh, well, a central mm. storage system, and then export that into something, a viewing area of some sorts, a panel, what do you call it, a dashboard, mm. where you can actually see the data in a, in, in a way that makes sense to a salesperson. Mm. But it's the basically the same data that you would probably get out of Google Analytics if you set it up correctly. If you put the effort, if you put the same effort into setting yeah. it up, then yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Um, it's it's coll- it's collecting so it's collecting processing data, big processing. data, make sense of it yeah, in a way that uh, aligns with your business goals and allows you to take decisions or allows yeah. you to get, you know achieve the goals. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's, it's the same basic stuff as mm-hmm. that we we try and help and you know aim to mm-hmm. work with all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I. Um, I can see as well how this really does impact our work as, as you know, well, various different situations, mm-hmm. but uh, particularly when you're doing some um, maybe interaction design or, or, or um, you know, UX concept or something to do with, with a digital service or a website, um, that you need to take, well, you, this is one of your inputs. Yeah. It's, I mean, w- w- we've, um, it's a journey, well, it's kind of journey mapping is part of the process of how the sales and marketing process it works. Is. That's how you figure out what data to show. Exactly. That's part of your process of doing mm. the market automation is mm. where are, where, what are we doing? Why mm. do we do it? And what do we learn? What data do you want to show is based on what business goals you have. So this, the journey mapping helps you decide what data to show. But also yeah. from the user perspective, where this, this is used and can be used to decide to put a certain bit of content in front of me when mm. I visit the website. Mm. You're adapting your in, your environment to your user mm. according to the previous data. Mm. Um, so it is, it is altering the experience. It is adjusting the experience um, in the marketing um, funnel. It is, yeah. Um, to, to make it perform mm. better. Mm. It's, a, it's, a, it's a form of optimization. Mm. So, so yes, it really does affect our work mm. because cause now you need to start considering, okay, mm. Here, I might. Uh, this is this is effectively a customizable block in in a practical example, exactly. and that here it might be, mm. you know, this piece of content, or it might be a sign mm. up, or it might be something. Mm. You might you might even have dynamic content mm. based on um, result or input from your market automation service. Mm. And I did go on a lot about how this would apply to me as a freelancer. The background behind that is that I was just before to do some research about what what marketing automation is. Listen to a show where the host said that well, this really applies to everyone, including like one-person companies, mm. because it all happen. Uh, it's, it's about automating repetitive tasks that you do often to bring inbound marketing to your website. Mm. It, it was that example? Mm. So I'm thinking it, it does apply to everyone, but it applies differently, of course, depending on what type of company. But as we learned from mm. today, mm. marketing automation mm. isn't just about 
doing the repetitive tasks. True. What we've learned is it's actually dealing with the mm. big data mm. and, and, and making wiser decisions mm. based on what you know. And putting marketing automation specialist on your business card. Yeah, so you can sell to marketers. <laughs> mm. You happy? I'm happy. Mm-hmm. So don't uh, forget to look at the show notes, visit our website. Which is uxpodcast.com. Just Google it. Yeah. Actually, yeah, just put in UX, pod, UX space podcast and you find lots of stuff. Should we, we should be the first hit. I hope we're the first hit for UX podcast. Yeah, sure we are. Of course we are. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Why, why, why wouldn't we? <laughs> Tweet us. Whatever. Oh, they've they've given up now. Yeah, you okay. you were too boring. I so know I was boring, wasn't yeah. I? So now they've. Stopped I thought listening. of something funny and then I forgot about it. So I won't. I'll, f- I'll think of some about something funny for next time. <laughs> Remember to keep moving. <laughs> See you on the other side. Wait, it's going to be so much more funny. <laughs>